You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 399, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 399. Can you believe it? My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me on this episode, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. Good morning! And while Josh is on a beach buried up to his chin, we have a special guest in Mr. Mike Romo. Good morning, team. How are we? Josh has to be buried himself, otherwise he just bursts into flames when you put him in front of, <laughs> under the sun. It's the result of his Irish pallor. That alabaster skin. He just reflects it and burns other people <laughs> around him. What is that bright problem. light walking down the yeah, beach? It burns. <laughs> At ivanboy.com, we like comics, so we read comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics, and then one of us picks the best book and writes about it on the website, and we talk about it on this year's podcast, along with various other topics of interest. Now, before we get to the show, a quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happened in this week's books, so if you're worried about spoilers, go away. Uh, we never wanted you here in the first place. No, leave, come back, we're sorry. I changed my mind. Uh, this week, Connor Kilpatrick had the pick, and I think it just had to be. It had to be yeah. this one. The thing is, last week, Josh had a, one of those weeks where, you know, everything was kind of pretty good, but there wasn't any like heavy hitters. This week, they dumped all the heavy he, hitters. He also read Trillium wrong. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think he was already out the door in vacation-wise. But we had Thor, we had Batman, we had Saga, we had Astro City, we had Avengers Arena, which is a great book. We had a ton of great books that were dumped on us this week. Uh, but really, there was no ch- chance for any other book to be picked. Like once I read Thor, got a Thunder number 11, the final issue of the God Bomb story, which has been running through the first 11 issues of the series. So he really had an 11-issue story that was wrapped up in this issue. And... It, this was one of the better en- endings of a major story I've read in a long, long, long time. Uh, really, really elegant. For me, this is the uh, most expensive pick, pick of the week I've <laughs> ever had. Uh, when Connor's on the list, I, I had actually started reading this with number one back in the day. And then I went through my sort of anti-Marvel screed and I hadn't picked it up. And then when I realized, oh, right, Jason Aaron on Thor, that's the one book I wanted to read. So I picked them all up this week. And so I read it in sort of a trade fashion. And uh, I couldn't believe how elegantly this thing was constructed, reading it all in one or two sittings. Um, Just a really fantastic, beautifully epic, and such a fun comic book. It was brilliant. And if you were reading it month to month, it really escalates in it and it mounts and especially lately in this this god bomb section um where you have the three thors together where you have young thor and thor of the avengers and old king thor one of the greatest modern characters uh, ever introduced um into into the pantheon and they're they get on that boat and they've got their ale and two of them have hammers one's got his axe and they're ready to go and it's just they keep getting closer and closer and then there's those cosmic sharks and stuff and um, just getting closer and closer to this final confrontation with Gore. And what I love about this is that it's it's sort of a, the ine- inevitable conclusion that Gore has become a god himself. He's become what he hates. He's yeah. become what he hates. This 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 radical agnostic, and and he's so he's become a god himself and uh, destroyed the people that he cared about and this new surrogate family that he's had and turned his his sort of false son we find out uh, against him because it's just really just a construct of his his needs and wants to have a family again because he lost his yeah. family so long ago and um it, he just has lost everything and i love how unceremonial it is it's just thor just chops his head off and it's <laughs> because it's just it's just a foregone conclusion like the the real defeat is in what Gore has become and what he's realized about himself. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a big he's lost of, at that moment. Once yeah. he realizes that he's made himself into a god, then it's you know he's he's done. And it's just done in a panel, and it's just it's just complete. There's no ceremony to it. He just bang, you're you're done. And 
Um, it's just a, a you know, even though there's a there's a huge like Dragon Ball Z kind of moment where Thor like absorbs the bomb and he's <laughs> you know fe- he's feeding on the pr- I loved like it's so huge he's feeding a lot, on the, so, the so prayers of gods in this, in this book uh, all the gods and, and all the time and all the universe all start praying to Thor so he becomes the god of gods and yeah it it's hard it was hard to praise this issue in my review and not really praise the entire ser- story because it's all wrapped up so perfectly but. Right. Um, in case you haven't heard us talk about this book to death, and this is the, I believe, the first book that has garnered Pick of the Week honors from all four of us. Right. Wow. Uh, Ron picked the first issue, and then and then me and Paul and Josh have all picked it s- since then. And uh, the, the story is basically this character named Gore, who's a god butcher, decides that gods are the worst thing in the universe, and he must be wiped out, so he's been going around killing them throughout time, and constructs a god bomb to blow up all throughout all throughout the history of the universe and killing all the gods that's ever that have ever existed and uh, obviously the thor's team have to stop him but but there's a real aspect of the weapon that he gets right that that's this really reminded me of elric and it's not just because i wrote that damn article it's, <laughs> it's like it's but like having that demon sword and becoming a tool of this other god right i mean right. it's reading it all at once and um you get to see how it weaves in and out and destroys his psyche from the inside and uh really makes him uh malevolent and just a, a very you you but you empathize with him too. He's he just completely runs off the rails. And I love the whole idea of the bomb maker guy. He when he finally realizes what he was, I, I'm a I'm the god of bombs. Like the way <laughs> reading this in la- layers, uh, you Paul, you hit the nail on the head. It really built up like a, like almost like a a symphony, where each layer of complexity and and characterization, uh, it really built to a, a fantastic eleventh issue. And I gotta say. This is by far my most favorite Thor ever, all three of them together. Um, this is one of the most elegantly uh, wrought time travel kind of stories that I've ever read. Yeah. Um, and and nothing is more challenging but more fun than when a character gets to hang out with a younger or older version of oneself, of himself. And Aaron just handled it so well that it was a delight. I mean, you want these guys to have their own ongoing series. Yeah, and I and I love the way this closed. The narration in this, it could have been really hackneyed, but it's always been very elegant. It's always narrated the story in 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 a really nice, classy way that made the story feel epic, but without being cheesy. He has the and tone. It, the tone yeah, is perfect. The tone is perfect, and I rem- I can't wait to read all the different editorial pages and the letter stuff because you know he had never written this character before. That's one of the notes he made in the first issue, and he just completely defined sort of the new modern Thor. He is as much fun as the Thor in the movies. Yeah. It was a whole hell of a lot of fun. So yeah. there's a lot of things that really came together. It, this made me so happy. And the art, of course, um, this guy's out of control. And it was really nice to get that Butch Geist yeah. uh, interlude. So mm-hmm. this has been sort of a tour de force uh, for me the entire week. And I can only imagine how uh, satisfying it must be for everybody who read it month to month. Well, let's talk about uh, what is what is the proper pronunciation, Paul? We found we, we saw week. a thing somewhere is Isad uh, Rebeats. Like it's there's like a T sound at the end, but that sounds like a like Is- a Muppet name. Isad like, Rebik. Um Croatians. Yeah. Wow. But, um he he's really elevated himself into sort of the upper pantheon of artists with this storyline. He was always really good and we talked about him a while ago on the Ultimates book when very famously Back Josh panned Josh panned his art <laughs> and Rick Reminder got mad at him on Twitter. Um but <laughs> uh he he really is one of the more amazing artists working today. And this this story, as great as it was, I don't think, you know, would have been as great. And this is, you know, speaking as comics in general, need the art as much as the story. Without this art, which was so beautifully done and had the tone in the look of it as much as the tone in the story of it. The tone, you know, there's, I was thinking about it as I was writing the review, and he's sort of the all opposite of Jay Lee, but while also being the sort of spiritual brother of Jay Lee. And they're both very delicate artists, but the, Whereas Jay Lee's characters seem to feel like they're made out of smoke, and then you could sort of brush your hands through them. This this art is, while being delicate, has a lot of weight to it, and you can sort of feel the you can feel the 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 hits, and you can you can see the cracks in Mjolnir, and it it all feels like it's very vital, and also um, just just gorgeously dynamic and just wonderful to look at. He's just he's one of my favorite modern artists, and I think he's a perfect combination of Frank Frazetta 
and mm. N.C. Wyeth. Um, if you're familiar with like the yeah. the Golden yeah. Age of illustration, he did a lot of. Uh, if if you look up like Treasure Island, um, he did an illustrated version of that, and he's done you know like Ivanhoe covers and and Robin Hood and stuff like that. And um, it, it's it it has that grandeur of like an Alex Ross cover, but it's so dynamic and it and it does move. And I think you know Connor, you keep celebrating the the process that you see on the page. Um, where you see the yeah. raw pencils and you see yeah, some of that huge. cross hatching in the, the in the black and there's yep. a lot of sections because of that weapon um, that's sort of like symbiote kind of thing that it um, you you see a lot of those raw pencils in there and that makes it feel alive it's sort of like film grain in a in a great movie you know yeah. where it just it feels yep. like a living thing and um, this is just this is it's a classic. Thor story that's going to stand the test of time. And I put this up there with the work that Walt Simonson did on Thor. And it's like I, those guys, Walt Simonson and then Jason Aaron and, and Isad Rebic, um, just the best Thor storytellers ever. I think you also have to give it up for the, the coloring yep. too. Yes. Um, there's a majesty and a, and a, the blues in this, I've been, I've been reading this digitally, uh, just leap off the page. And it it's wonderful because you have the groundedness of the, the pencil strokes, but then this vibrant color. So very much to your point, Paul, this, this comic lifts off the page. It, it's a very engaging experience visually. Um, it looks unlike any other book. And uh, it's just beautiful to behold. And there's a, a, there's a really great silhouette uh, where Thor is holding... The two hammers, right. and there's almost a, a Senkevich feel to that next two-page spread when he does the double hammer stuff. So there's, is it? He's like he's defining a new thing, but then he brings in these great elements uh, throughout the book that really make this a, a, such a dynamic reading experience. And even the lettering, yeah, uh, everything about this is great. It's a, it's, it's, an, it's a tour de force. Really, it's, just, it's 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 hard not to, to to talk about this without going into hyperbole. It's just it's that good, and just ever like just a great confluence of elements. And I and I think at the end of the day, the cool thing about it is that it's so elegant while also being just fucking metal. Um, it's just it's <laughs> a, it's both things at once. It's so cool. And I was actually thinking about this after I'd written the review and posted it, and there's almost. Nowhere to go but down. It's almost better to just for Jason Aaron just walk away from the character. Well, that was my that was my question, guys. I literally like for me, you know, with the whole even TV starting to do this right with eleven and twelve episode sort of runs. Like for me, why why do you continue? You know what I mean? Do you just take it like a six month break and do something totally different? I mean, how do you do an issue number twelve? Um, for this kind of thing. I, I'd be very curious to have sat in the editor's room or however they plan these things because this sort of, defi- I could see this defining the past 12 months, right? Yeah, no, and, it totally has. Um, I mean, I just, uh, Thor returns to Midgar- Midgard. It's like, oh, well, what did you do over your summer vacation, <laughs> right? Like, well, I am, I am excited to see what, what comes next because it's, it's going to be a Malekith the Accursed story and it's going to take place over the various realms um so not just asgard and not just earth and uh so get more into that thor lore and we'll get to see jason aaron writing the the warriors three which he hasn't done nice. yet um can they hook up with his granddaughters that would be awesome i love those <laughs> characters um i would love to see this in one of those epic massive trades like a big version um we I, were talking I about that last special. night that a big hardcover where they we have, can only hope we hope yeah. so in any other week Probably Batman 23 is the pick. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it ran right up against Thor, which has you know, been one of the best comics in the last 10 years. But uh, Zero Year Part 3, uh, this is the issue we inch ever closer to Batman becoming a reality. And this one is where, uh, in the last issue, it ended with the Red Hood gang blowing up Bruce's penthouse apartment in downtown. And since Bruce gets his ass handed to him by the Red Hood gang and then stumbles back home to... Uh, the manor, although I, I imagine that was a long way to stumble while he was. That's a lot away. of stumbling. He did uh, Uber in between, I think. He, uh, there was some sort of car service. Yeah. He got on the Hyperloop. He got, you know, he got, middle, got yeah. out of a Hyperloop. In the middle of all that, there's a lot of flashbacks. And then finally he gets home to Alfred patches him up. They patch up their relationship. And then we have the uh, iconic scene reimagined where Bruce sits in the chair, all bloody, staring at his father's bust and vows to become a bat. And, uh, I really loved this. What I really liked about the final scene, let's t- let's focus on that but, yeah. because that's sort of the, the big part of this issue, is that 
uh, ho- you know, hologram aside, whatever. What I found most striking about it was um, when the, in the shot where he's staring at the, the the bat on, or he's staring at the bust with the bat on it. Right. Uh, he really kind of looks insane, which they really haven't played <laughs> up played up so much before. You know, like just he's got the cold, dead blue eyes when he says, "Yes, Father, I shall become a bat." And to me, it really felt like they're, you know, really acknowledging the fact that this is like sort of the point where he's broken. He's at the he's at the bottom, and yeah. I and I love that. Um, this is also told in parallel to uh, his father rescuing him from the cave when he was a child, and he fell, yeah, and, and hurt himself, part. and and they had to get him patched up, and um, he. So it, in both of those cases, he's just been you know demolished and uh, gone through a really harrowing experience, and and his dad comes in some form, you know, physically in in the past, and then in this sort of spectral way um, in, in the modern day and um, gives him direction on how to, you know, stand up after he's fallen down. Um, that, that thing from, you know, Batman begins um, that they repeat like 7,000 times in that movie. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think I, I love the device of the, the hologram projector kind of thing. Um, I thought it was posed really sort of elegantly, and it's—I mean, it's a—it's a you know a, a futurist kind of idea, um, but it maps very well to this myth um, mm-hmm. of the origins of the Batman, um, and I think it's—I think it's a very complex idea to have this hologram projecting into that parlor and it's, it's mapping the cave on, onto the room, but I think it's told like it—it it makes perfect sense like it reads very well like yeah. i understood what was going on even though that's a very uh, co- complicated idea um well, i love the, the idea that the, the, it maps to the details of the room like when the he's, he's looking at the window as the holographic bats fly through him and the windows are look like they're made out of cave you know stalactites well i think that's also him like to your point connor where it looks like he's going into madness i mean this is what he's becoming and he's defining the world around him Mm -hmm. so even if the project i i could see you know the frame where he's standing in front of the open window with the bats coming in i could see the hologram thing being turned off at that point right Right. like and it's it's his transformation that's really happening. My actually, my favorite scene was not favorite, but like a scene that really stuck with me was when the Red Hood shot him through his parents' uh, uh, that painting mm-hmm. um, with the, the here's the symmetry line, and it's sort of like it was such a, a stark, horrible thing to do, right? And that really I could see him put, and, and it surprised me. I never thought about that kind of thing happening there's my parents the ones i miss so much and then he you know the bullet holes come from him and now so starts his journey it's cruel it's it's very cruel and i'm loving how the that kind of really negative really evil kind of thing is pushing bruce in this direction this is a very interesting way to go um i i, I was i was, I was walking from my coffee toward thinking about the show i was wondering what why now we're doing another Batman origin, like and it and it does I think inching forward is is correct, Connor. But it, 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 what's nice about this is a very it's letting the, the story breathe. We're not rushing to things. It's embracing the key moments, but adding lining and thoughtfulness around key moments that were have never been told. So it's been a very interesting way of telling this. I'm curious to see where it's going to go, even though I know where it's going to go. And I do love Ed, Edward Nigma throughout this. Probably my favorite. All those uh, stitches really make me uncomfortable. He, uh, he should have been drawing <laughs> kick-ass. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, they were just... I, everywhere and it really makes me cringe it's the stuffing inside the nose that really got me that was like well there's there's stitches coming off his lips and his fingers and his his chin and i'm just like oh stop i just i just feel it you need to feel it i do i I just i i very quickly i need to praise fco on colors yep um because it's it's been mentioned on the website that it doesn't look like a batman book like this isn't the way it would normally be colored and i think that's a I think that's a good thing. I think I that it's what that, means. that it's yeah. different. Well, that you know, just how vibrant that that uh, house fire is, and then going into the like these this, like sort of ethereal, um, dreamlike colors in the parlor. Um, I thought it was just beautiful. And this, this whole this whole art has of... been co- colored that way in a very sort of 
technicolor manner. We mentioned that. For the I last think time. it makes sense though, because he has to become a, a, a being of the shadows and the brighter the light gets, the more he gets driven into the shadows. So I'm these, these flames are that bright on purpose. He's never going to yeah. be in rooms that bright again. It's um, it's, you've got to have a point of contrast to what he becomes. And, um, he gets darker as as he goes, even beyond this origin story. The entire palette, once he gets home, turns to blues and grays. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, last you see that parallel that's going time. back and forth between the fire and how he got out of the fire, and then walking to the manor. It's such a huge like it like all the color gets sucked out in those exactly. scenes, and so going back and forth, I thought it was that was very effective. Yeah, yeah. It, it it happens in, in a turn of a page. The entire story changes color wise mm. and i think this will this it's it's a very obvious and i think very classy way to say here 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 comes the batman right, right. Mm -hmm. this issue did a lot of subtle things really well which i which i really appreciate yeah. uh saga 13 is uh, finally back finally after. how long was this wait i think it was a they just took a month off was it two months off it's like waiting for a girlfriend to call you back <laughs> Well, they're they're back, and I think the, I think the last issue ended with uh, they went to go see the writer, and there was the whole <laughs> yeah. flash forward where they were already at the writer's house with the. I love that. Um, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, go it, it was like now. um, Inglorious Bastards, you know, yeah. like yes, they're, very they're much hiding. so, very much so. Um, and that the little seal dude, <laughs> that something horrible is going to happen. Um, Which he mentioned in the letters column of this issue, saying that that was the Fiona Staples creation. Oh really? And that he's going to, but he wants to use them more now. I want an action figure for my desk of Seal Dude. <laughs> anyway, um, this was good. I mean, the, I think that you know he has to lay a lot of track on a story like this. This is a long game story, and I thought people this is exposition. People were complaining about you know nothing really happened. But the thing is, like, he's writing a novel here. Yes, and no, yeah. not every chapter of the novel is going to feature someone getting shot or blown up or you know something, some kind of major twist happening. Sometimes you have to just lay track, and uh, this is one of those issues. And this is kind of what happened with the why, why the Last Man that you know it went on for ten trades. So <laughs> sometimes you're going to get exposition track laying done and uh i'm fine with it although some, it does kind of push me towards reading it in trades but that's a whole other well thing. and we get we get some great character stuff with the will and realizing we shouldn't be calling this character slave girl uh, <laughs> yeah i love that we should it's give her a name sophie the slave girl there's a little a little bit of meta commentary there i guess maybe like the like the writer realizing we should probably give this girl a name instead of just calling her slave girl and um maybe that maybe that's something that came up in the letters or something that um what's her name and maybe i should give her a name um i think i think it's probably less that more just the evolution of the will oh know? yeah we're, yeah no we're definitely seeing, we're seeing sort of him becoming more human i could just and i, I could I, see I, those things being parallel like, sure. like realizing i haven't had time because there's so many characters you know on the board that you have to move around and like we should probably say what her name is and wouldn't it be a good way also to give the will this this choice and give him some humanity <laughs> I, I think also this is a really great sort of uh, welcome trade readers kind of single issue. Yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah. you know definitely laying out like here's the characters that here's where they're at. Um, no, it's 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 one of those things where you're just happy to oh good I'm glad this book is back I hope it comes back soon. Um, I think it's setting everything up. You know you have your sort of obligatory action sequence, but then I think Paul you're right. It's all about you having these wonderful. Maybe Connor, you said it, but the character moments, getting to know the mom a little bit more, um, just people getting a little bit more fleshed out. The will, the will for my my money is one of the coolest characters in comics around. So it's always nice to get inside his his world a little bit more. Oh, we got the we got the 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 bugs and the marrow and you know the the pile of skulls and stuff. And so there's like a monster in this issue. That's that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's obligatory. It's good. You know, they only had a couple of pages, but I really am intrigued by these reporters in the very yeah. beginning. Yeah. The uh, the paparazzi. Yeah, the paparazzi the, 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 with the camera with the eye on it and the guy the yellow pants reporter. I really want to see how they're going to start messing things up. It's, it's that really... lived in world and yeah. there's technology that you just you you get a hint of it. It's almost an easter egg in the visuals like yeah. didn't draw attention to it. It's just it shows that this world is um very well thought out and realized. I just yeah. still can't believe how good an artist she is, man. Yeah. God, some of these panels I don't know about you guys, but whenever I travel and I do travel a lot, if I ever go to a place and I step out of the car or the train or the plane or whatever and I just find myself in a field of skulls, <laughs> generally speaking, I get back into the vehicle and I, I, I go somewhere else. Yeah. Because nothing good comes from that. Nope. I don't care what, where the skulls are there, if it was an old battlefield or what. Bug, uh, bone bugs. 
fun. Just and I love, I love, I love the explanation. They reanimate marrow or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the guy who wrote Why Last Man said, don't worry about why all the men died, because that's not the story. So well, It just ignites your imagination. You get to yeah. have fun with it yourself. Speaking of igniting imagination, Uh-oh. let's talk about Infinity Number 1. Marvel's new event, written by Jonathan Hickman, drawn by various artists, and this issue, Jim Chung. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is a really stunning-looking book, and um, I'd love all the designs for like, sort of like Thanos' uh, lieutenants. Um, there's a lot of names to learn here, and we get a lot of like infographics and stuff from, from Hickman, um, which can be fun, can sometimes be a little bit overwhelming. Well, can, um, we, can we take a step back and yeah. tell me why this, is, this happens? This is happening. Like, so I haven't been reading many ongoing, like in the universe, up to date, Ultron type shit Marvel okay. books. So I'm coming in, going, okay, Infinity is like Mar- yet another Marvel event mm-hmm. um, because there hasn't been enough. And like, so what is this? Hey, everybody, get excited because Thanos is back. Is that is that why this book? Well, that's is so part of it. Up? That's that's part of it. It's all. I think it's also to raise the status of the Inhumans again because they're going to be doing a lot of stuff with, with them. And I think I'll say I um I thought this was was daunting because there's a lot of mythology here and a lot of things that he's building. But I I'm tantalized by a lot of this stuff, and I think I'm on board for this. Um, I I love the Marvel Cosmic Universe. I love Thanos. Um, and I I think. These like this Corvus Glaive guy and the Outrider, they're all very interesting to me. I love that stuff. Um, Hickman's Avengers are a little cold for me. Yeah. Um, they're like the ultimate universe Avengers for me. Like they're very, it's very serious, guys. very, you know, um, kind of, it, it's sort of that that Bendis thing where people say it's like all the same voice. Um, but it's yeah. a different voice than that, obviously. Um, but it's it's very straight-laced. And so, but I think he's really good for writing those bad guys. That stuff was great when they went to the other planet and mm-hmm. when, the, when he introduced um, the space knights with all that pageantry and talking about how they're so um, self-sacrificing. Well, where is Rom the space knight? In a lawsuit. In a lawsuit. I think they're going to introduce him at the end, like, and, and then Rose Rom, <laughs> you know? Um, I, this was okay. And the first part I found really impenetrable, but that's because I had dropped off of all the Avengers books because they had been. I felt like they were really. They're building a lot of this in new too. Avengers in in particular, and well, the the stuff with X Nihilist that's from Avengers, and then the stuff with the um, the Illuminati that's all in, in going on in New Avengers. Yeah, now. I mean, the hard part for me was reading it and going, "Oh yeah, this is all stuff I did not like in Avengers, and therefore dropped." So like, well, this reminded me of the Thor book. I mean, it's just like the same kind of like quest killing a bunch of people or it's just or reminding me of hitchhiker's guide where where the earth needs to get destroyed it just seems like for me it just seems it it seems very familiar in terms of aliens are angry and want to destroy earth and and so but there's different levels of um anxiety about it so mm-hmm. the reason why more people are we're just calling in the other alien races this time as opposed to calling in other gods. Like, like what is, I think, I think the idea, and I'm, I could be wrong. So again, I don't, I haven't been following all the stuff is that, uh, well, so the, the plot is Thanos is coming to earth, but he's tricked the Avengers into leaving. So right. earth is unprotected. Uh, no. which, we, which we've seen before. Right? Thanos hasn't tricked them. Um, it's that it's, he's being opportunistic. Right. Okay. Well, that's it's uh, these other aliens, the the builders. It's sort of like the the Prometheus aliens, um, right. who like built the the architects. He's um, seeing his opportunity to attack now that the Avengers are off planets. I think the idea is right, and now everyone's divided, taken off the table. Yeah, this, the, this a large group of the Avengers are going off planet to, you know, these these builders are coming. Those sort of nemoidian looking aliens we saw they're right. they're coming this this cone shaped thing that they were talking about they're coming to build something on earth they're, like they're coming to guy. destroy the earth because they've realized that the that earth is problematic and is causing all of these cataclysms around the universe and there's a lot of Pro- alternate reality stuff not and- <laughs> talking about the elephant in the room which is iron man's costume <laughs> no, no, thank you thank you so much it is a that pretty ugly costume note. What wait, wait, is that? Is that new? Is that a new thing? That's a is he like that's like his Art Deco Guardians of the Galaxy sort of redesign. 
outer space. When did that happen? Guardians of the Galaxy, and I haven't been reading Iron Man to be honest, um, but he has gone out into space. Um, yeah, but he looks like a sculpture. He looks like he should be in a lobby of a movie theater. <laughs> it's just like I don't understand the spacesuit at all. I mean, it's kind of badass. I, I'll give it to him. So he he looks kind of like Nova, I guess. Right? Is yeah. that Nova? Um, and it's cool to see Captain Universe. I used to love Captain Universe as a kid um back in the day so it's fun to see that character mm-hmm. but yeah i was really distracted by um by, by some of the character design the the suit and stuff and i don't know i'm i'm i really like hickman a lot but sometimes with these sub sub chapter headings and stuff i mean it's just like guys it's just a comic i mean my god this it just feels so important all the time well i like, like i like I, the I, gravity I, 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 of it um, importance, yeah. importance would be mitigated. I mean, the important feeling would help if you have more of a connection to the characters, which is... I think that's probably right. Is that they feel very much out of the arm's length. Yeah, I would that's say I, the Avenger side of it needs a little bit more levity. Yeah. Um, a little bit more dimension. I mean, we had the the sort of the raid on the, the scroll house yeah. where they're like eating that. pizza and stuff. So that's a, li- a little bit of humor, but it needs a little bit more of that. I'm... I'm um, I'm going to follow this, and I, but I'm more interested in sort of what happens in the other books because there's going to be oh, Thanos on Earth. Um, yeah. No, but I'm, I've been reading Marvel, though. I've been, I've been enjoying know, again, a lot no, I'm of just, the... I'm just joking because, it's, you know, they always say, oh, you can only just read the, the main book. Don't worry about the other books. But, old, you know, it's, it'll be fun to see if those other books are, are as compelling. The question I'm, is, Mike, are you going to continue reading this? I don't know, man. I mean, I love the Inhumans. I love that uh, mini series that came out many, many years ago uh, with the favorite artist of mine, who I, whose name I can never remember. Um, no, it was the he's sort of got painterly style, but it's all very intense, and I'll, I'll remember. But I love the Inhumans, and if if they're into it, I will continue to check it out. I just, you know, coming. I read this uh, while I was reading the Thor book, yeah. and so. I, you know, Thor was taking me to a place of interstellar epic awesomeness, and it's and, funny uh, too. I mean, it's got a, it's a good yeah. balance in Thor, and this one it's a little yeah. bit more austere. So, and and so there was just a, I, I guess I I just wasn't in the right mindset for something that was so serious and self absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're an old school Marvel person and you love Thanos and and you know it's great to see the Space Knights, all that kind of stuff, this could be the book you've been waiting for. I just feel like it's. I've just been away from the Avengers, whom I love, and the new Avengers, whom I love, all those characters, Hawkeye, all these people. It just seemed like, oh, I'm watching a movie with my favorite characters in them. I'm, I didn't feel a lot of personal connection with the characters. I just felt, sort of felt like I was watching the action. Um, and that's, and that's, that's the risk of getting out of comics for a while. Um, you're just going to be uh, sometimes a spectator in these kinds of events, so, which is fine. That's just the, the price of admission, I think. Well, the good news for you is that Jerome Pena is going to draw one of the issues. Well, that is very good news. Ian Frazier, that guy. So Fraser I would say Frazier Irving. Irving. You got there eventually. So just very quickly, I really like the Thanos stuff. I like the, the Outrider stuff and all the bad guys. I think that's great. And I think that's that um, yeah. the Inhumans are the uh, like the other really good part. I think it's got this real Game of Thrones kind of feel to it of, of yeah. royalty and um, the Black Bolt stuff uh, was, was great. So I'm on board. So, so, so they're having marital problems, Black Bolt and Medusa? Is that the problem? Well, they can't communicate. No, they can write notes. <laughs> so, it's text messages. As you, Mike, as you know, communication <laughs> is key in the long-term health of a relationship. Well, that stuff's going back to like the horse-faced one. That, like, that's going back to his Fantastic Four run. Um, you should just start telling Whitney that you can't talk anymore because if you did, <laughs> mountains would Yeah, I have, to, I have to write really tiny notes. <laughs> Um, Let's do some business real quick. ifanboy.com slash Amazon is a place you can go to help us the best way. Uh, you can do that by using all your shopping through that link. You can go through the Amazon link, go to regular Amazon. You make all your purchases. We get a piece of that. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It comes out of Amazon's pocket. And they've got really deep pockets because the CEO just bought a newspaper out of his own pocket. So clearly their pockets are Just deep. for yucks, you know. <laughs> so, you know, help us out. Do all your shopping there. You, even better than that is just to make it your default link on your browser. If you've got a shortcut to Amazon, just copy and paste that link over, and you never have to worry about it again, which is what I do. And That's what I do. Really is the best way to help us out, and that's how you can go, hopefully, one day to buy the collection of Thor God Bomb, which we hope one day will be in a nice hardcover. The placeholder ribbon. That's what I want. Buy I, want have a, I want to make a sandwich called the God Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so please help us out by going to yeah, you- slash Amazon. 
Uh, let's talk about Avengers Arena number 13. Um, this well, just tell me why this book exists. So this is one of those books that I read where I was like, what's happening? Are kids really dying? This is like this one of the, the best. worst time to not read Marvel books. They're this so good. Right? Best, this has been one of the best books. Marvel now is um, great, No yeah. way, really? It yes. is. It's so good. Tell me. Tell me. I'm listening. Because when you put these characters who have not who have been off the table. It's not, a locked room. Not really. Study. Yeah. It's like they're not being used anywhere. And so you put them in this life or death situation, which may or not be life or death. We don't know. We don't know exactly how that's going to work. And it is comics. Um, it heightens the character because they're fighting for their lives. You get to see who they really are. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, so it's definitely less a story and more of a device then. Well, it's a character piece. Uh, no, so it's, it's an like, interesting story. It's a it's a cool setting. Um, these guys are all they're all dropped in an island and they're all have to survive. And it's about learning who they are. And they don't really want to kill each other. But they're, they're technically kind of, at the North Pole underground in a like a danger. Right, but they think they're in this sort of island right. scenario. And uh, this issue particularly, I wasn't really looking forward to it because it wasn't the regular regular creative team. It's Christos Gage and Carl Moline on art, um, and it was going to be exploring. The outside world where people thought these characters were, what was oh, happening. Oh, this was Christos Gage? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and I didn't want to see that. I liked being in a locked room with these characters and didn't want to leave it. But I found it really compelling and interesting and, and the machinations of how the people think they're still alive and Hank Pym is, is sort of suspicious that they're all missing and he's been investigating. And I actually kind of really liked it. I was not looking forward to it at all, and I, I found myself completely turned around by it by the end. The writing felt different to me, and I was just thinking, like, it, I don't know, this is this is a weird thing for for Hopeless, but, okay, so now that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love the idea that they have these, all their phones hooked up to an AI program that have been texting and tweeting for them, so people think they're alive because they're teenagers, and that's, how else would you know a teenager is alive? I, I'll be honest, I think I, I like the idea more than some of the execution, because it, it goes on for a bit, Hank Pym's yeah. search. I, I, I was more interested I wouldn't in... Want- any more of this, really? Yeah, I, I was more interested in in like like Molly from the Runaways being like, "Where are my friends? Like, I I can't deal with this." And she's sort of the voice of reason, even though she's this little kid and this total firebrand. She's like, "Why is why does no one care that all of these all of my friends are gone? And where are they?" And uh, they're annoying. It was it was great. It was fun to see her. I hadn't seen her in many many years. She hasn't changed today. Um, I thought she would have grown up a little bit by now. It was fun to see that hat. It was a weird way to. I had never seen her look like that. It took me a couple seconds well, to remember who she was. If you want to but, see, uh, if you want to see Molly Hayes grown up, uh, look forward to the Battle of the Atom storyline in the X Men books because she's coming from the future as an adult. Does she have the same hat? It'd be awesome if she did. She probably like keeps it in like a little pouch or something. And around her neck because it's time travel, so she's gonna have pouches. So she probably keeps <laughs> it around as like this artifact <laughs> so, of, of her youth. So this was a, this was a this was an off the beaten path issue for this series, but I think the series continues to be one. So of the totally best. the worst possible one for me to have read then. yeah okay. well not necessarily the worst but i would just say it's not a good example it give you of what a feeling of what the, the series, series is, about. is yeah and yeah because there's not writer. the normal writer and not the normal artist yeah. right so i will i will not take it personally i would say it's worth going back it. and checking this out because it's it's been such an interesting really quickly series. smallville season 11 number 16 the the uh, paper copy of the digital issues uh features this is the debut of wonder woman in the smallville universe oh right yeah and uh, we have a show actually with three Smallville fans on it, so that's unusual. I I must have read the wrong the wrong one because I the one that I read I got it from the DC the Comicsology site had it was the fight with Batman. But um, yeah, you had to read the the, the six the and, numbers and the paper don't correspond to the numbers and the digital issues. They're much oh, that's better, interesting. Yeah, so this is up. a print version of digital stuff from a little while ago. It's not the most recent digital releases right yeah so this this would be wonder woman's debut and it was really really fun and made me sad that she never got to be on the show because it was really you know so the pure wonder woman which you know it's a different kind of wonder woman than you're getting in the, in the book but this was great great art too from from uh, jorge jimenez uh so if you're into wonder woman you might want to check out smallville 16 uh uncanny x-men 10 uncanny x-men 10 Uncanny X-Men 9, I feel like, just came out. Like, did it come out, like, last week or, Probably. like, a week before? So, anyways, but that was with uh, Bachelot. This was with Fraser Irving. Um, and the, I wanted to point this out because, Jesus Christ, Scott Summers is a douchebag. He's so obnoxious. <laughs> He's the reason that all-new X-Men is more fun of, uh, between the two. All-new X-Men is fun every single time it comes out. It's had three great artists, I think. This one, I love Fraser Irving. I, I love Bocciolo, too. Um, I didn't used to be a Bocciolo fan, but I, I really like his work on this book. And this would be fun because I love the New Mutant stuff. Like, and, and I love the 
uh, like triple agent Magneto, uh, bald Magneto working for uh, Maria Hill. And I love Fraser Irving's take on uh, on both of those. Um, makes bald Magneto look really creepy and Maria Hill look kind of interesting and in that they had a great sort of like uh, John le Carre kind of meeting on a bench. It was kind of <laughs> wonderful. And um, I, I, I love those kids and learning to be mutants and stuff. And I, I love the whole concept, but Scott Summers is such a dick. Like he's so annoying. And um, I, it, it, it makes it, it makes this more challenging. Um, it's definitely harder because it's, it's good character work. I like that we have a hero who's just at odds, you know, and is being difficult um, and making interesting decisions. It's just it's not an easy character to like. No. Um, and I, I mean, it, it is interesting that they turned him into Magneto, you know, like, yeah, he grew up to be the bad dad as opposed to the good dad. But uh, you're right. It's hard to be around him because he's a dick. So. Like well, just while the, it's interesting. It's not as much fun. Just the bickering with with Emma too is just it's it's very obnoxious. And I was just like, I all new X Men is so fun and so playful, um, and such a great idea um, that it's just so much more preferable than this. But uh, I'm still reading this and still interested, and I and I appreciate that he that that Bendis is doing something that is asking a lot of readers. East of West number five is the first issue I didn't read because I moved to trades after the last one. Yeah, you know, it's probably a smart move. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's still a great book, and I'm still following it along. But I'm I'm looking forward to going back and reading it all in one. This shot. is very much like the uh, saga issue where okay, you got the moment that you needed to have, and then they sort of explore it, um, and sort of does a lot of character pieces and gives some context to the relationship that we've been sort of getting a hint of for the past four issues. Um, I just love it. This book, it makes me think of uh, Firefly and it's got, you know, that wonderful, there's a, this a wonderful otherworldliness to it. I think. Yeah. It's a neat um, mixture of things because it's, and it's not just like, what's that cartoon brave star from the eighties, um, where it's just like cowboys and, and outer space stuff. Um, okay. Wrong generation. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, the eighties would have been the right time for cartoons. I just can't think of what you're talking yeah, about. Brave, brave star. star it, it was, that was along with like Silverhawks. Did he, yeah, Silver Hawks. Well, yeah, did he, did he ride like a silver horse? Yeah. Robot horse? He, well, no, or like a, uh, one of the bad guys rode a, a weird silver horse. He had a regular, no, sort of half cyborg horse? I don't know. But he could also draw on the powers of like a cougar. Uh, Sounding very familiar. Just weird Sounds animal familiar. powers like a bear or something. And there was a cartoon. There was a great toys and everything. Anyways, anyways. Um what the hell are we talking I, about? This was this a neat mixture because so, it's Native American stuff and plus the, um, the 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 Chinese element and then the future stuff and it, it's it's sort of like this this thing. I love the love story between death, yeah. and this just total killer. Like it was like th that was the first day she killed a hundred men, but yeah. probably not the last. Um, you never forget that day. You never forget that day, oh, and so uh, um, I love that love story, can, yeah. and and the the sci fi element with them having a kid who's now been taken Akira into made. this this place, huh? He's now like Akira. Yeah, that's what like, I was saying. He's like it's it's very sort of in. like Akira or like Ghost in the Shell kind of visuals, where like all these like tubes coming out of them, and they totally lifted the uh, Star Trek four moment where Spock is taking the quiz. And he's like going through all these like really tricky trigonometry problems and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it says, "How do you feel?" And he's like, "Uh." All right. <laughs> so it's like the same exact moment in this in this thing with the the child of death and and uh, this this assassin woman. And um, it's sort of like Joe Radowski writing Meet Joe Black because <laughs> it's this love story with death, and I and I kind of love that. Um, it was very poetic. And, uh, but yeah, I don't I, I don't blame the, you for. The mix of genres, the 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 sort of fantastical elements of of personifying uh, the concept of death, and now he's all white as he was all black, and yeah. it's just this is just a real tapestry of fun. like I just love reading it. it. It's to me, it's one of the most escapist book that I've got, even though seemingly it's grounded in so many elements that are familiar. Mm -hmm. So it's it just for me, this is like a very pure kind of science fiction, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. You can go to fanboy.com slash comics, make your pull list, rate and review your books, and choose your own pick of the week. We would like to run down the top five picks of the week chosen by the audience at the time of recording. 
Number five, Batman 23 with 5% of the votes. Number four, East of West, number five with 7.9%. That's what I get. We're trying to read through the pop screen. Number three, Saga 13 with 9.4%. Number two, Infinity number one with 12.6%. And number one. The God Bomb. Coming in like a god, angry god with two <laughs> hammers. Thor, God of Thunder number 11, 55.3%. God, you're the, they just have such good taste. I re- Look at those books. That's Look a great list. Books. I was list. that's a great list. I was thinking Infinity would uh, take it away because um, it was no, an event and it was we're exciting. Not, we're not that easy. We're not that swayed <laughs> by Infinity number one. No, but you guys made the right choice. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the individual user reviews. History Guy reviewed Nightwing number twenty three. Story four out of five. Art four out of five. Pick the week percentage point three percent. Nightwing in Chicago is one of the best things in all the Bat books. Nightwing has always worked when he's independent of the machinations of the larger Batverse, and here he's all on his own, figuring out his own problems in a city very different from Gotham. Higgins has made Chicago a great setting for Dick Grayson to have his own brand new adventures while also exploring all the elements that make him unique and familiar. Um, well, that was like when when they moved him to you know Bloodhaven, right? Um, but I think they're moving away from the idea of Bloodhaven. Yeah, um, but this Chicago. is this is cool too. I like that he's even further because where 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 was Bloodhaven in? It was like down the. It was it was like, it was like down Philadelphia to New York. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like an hour away. Um, the best thing about this issue was that Will Conrad was on, on the art, and I'm not a big Brett Booth fan at all, so I was happy to see him not on the issue. And Will, Will Conrad is pretty good, so I was happy with that. Um, but uh, Nightwing's a solid book. There's not really much to talk about with it, yeah. but it's fun. Let's let's read the next one. The next one we've got Craze, Craze two four seven Justice League of America number seven story four out of five art a four out of five the pick of the week percentage at this point uh, was 05 percent. He writes or she writes the curtains finally open up the curtains finally open up for the second act after a week of hiatus or so for starters thinking is actually more consistent than before which is always a plus the colors and line work feel so vibrant that you can actually really get a feel of the characters and what they're going through at certain spots character i character comma i feel for well i don't know what character meant but uh cirez 247 feels for whoever follows them if they ever decide to walk away um i forgot to pick this up but i've been enjoying what I've been reading of it so far. Would you guys? Do you guys I have two, but I would take issue with the idea of the inking. There were five inkers. Wow. Uh, one, two, three, and four colorists, but the inking was all over the place. I mean, you know, it was Doug Monkey, so it looked oh, really, really good. But yeah, yeah, uh, but he needs to have the right inker, or it's a nightmare. Yeah. So some of it looked great. Some of it looked really heavy and dark. Some of it, I mean, just it was very obvious that there was lots of inkers in this book. And uh, how does that happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my god, we got it. When does that do? Like, I get oh, two, you know? Like yeah, five. inking party, inking party. Get five inkers, four colorists, only one letterer. So Rob <laughs> Lee holding together with the letters, but <laughs> the lettering was very two ri- two writers, one penciler, five inkers, four <laughs> colorists, one letterer, one it comic. Take, it takes a, vi- a village really to <laughs> takes a DC yeah. village. <laughs> So many cover Doug artists. Doug Monkey, though, I, did, I didn't know he was on this. I, I wasn't having as much fun uh, as you guys are with this, so I, I, I dropped this one. But um, Is this all with the, uh, the Trinity part, stuff? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm not it's part four of six, so there's two more issues. But uh, it looked great when it was inked well. Okay. Go to fanboy.com slash comics, rate and review your books, make your pull lists, and also write some user reviews. And if they're good, we'll get them on the show. And let's do a couple of audience emails while we still have time. I've we lost track of the clock, so we're running blind. Wes from Newport, Minnesota writes in and says, It seems like over the past few years, it's been tough for comic books to get the Walking Dead treatment. Some TV shows are option, but nothing ever comes of it. Chew, Thief of Thieves, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, Incredible Hulk, and Mockingbird. And some get pilots made, but don't go beyond that. Wonder Woman, Lock Key, Powers, Six Gun. The only success stories have been Walking Dead, Arrow, and hopefully the upcoming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So what's the deal? I know this, means, means, I know this happens a lot in TV land. Is it just the nature of the beast, or is there some other reason why it's tough for comic books shows to see the light of day? Any thoughts? There's a bonus question we'll get to in a minute. Okay. Um, I think it's all about the money. Um, well, this, these are the, expensive shows. The most, yeah, that's the that's a factor. But the most important thing to realize is, is it's the nature of the beast. It's like how many how many things how many, are an option to get made into pilots? Very small yeah. percentage. How many of those pilots get picked up? Very small percentage of that. I mean, it's just such easy works. These, I mean, it's just yeah. The the I was talking to a guy. Uh, he reads scripts and he'll read 50 scripts in, in a month for movies. And one of those will be moved up to the next level, which is just another person reading it. Right. So it's very, very difficult. And with these existing IPs, I mean, 
the deals get very complicated. Um, and also look at, you know, everybody's getting, there's a lot of movies, comic book movie sort of exhaustion happening right now. And I think people are all just wondering, do we really want to commit to this? And, you know, I agree. I think a lot of these shows, we really, we would, we would really enjoy them, but would a general audience like it? Um, I think the odds of these things happening more often are actually higher now yeah. uh, with the success of how Netflix is working. Uh, Direct TV is going to get into, you know, original content. So there are more venues for this kind of specialized content. Then you get into uh, budget problems. But then, and then yeah. it and comes back down to the money issue. I think uh, the performance of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., will be looked at uh, rather closely, um, see how that comes up. But, you know, I, I think Under the Dome is still doing pretty well, and that's kind of got sort of the fantasy elements. Um, I, I, my personal thought is that a lot of these things could be better uh, done in 12-episode kind of miniseries formats. Well, that's what, I mean, Walking Dead basically has. Yeah, I mean, that's like an AMC or HBO kind of format. I mean, they do 12, 13-episode seasons and... But you know that's a, you know if it's you're novelistic. Hulk, you know, talking it's, about a Hulk show, you're talking about a really expensive show to make every week. Yeah, and if, and if let's let's take a look at this list. I mean, you know, um, the Six Gun. I mean, that's a, that's a it's a western with occult elements. I mean, first off, that's a genre that's not really proven on TV lately. Yeah, no one's gonna watch it. Um, and it sounds like it would be expensive. So that's a big risk to take. I mean, it's it's more expensive than some of the other things. Um, but just as an update on some of these, I mean, like Lock and Key, there's they're talking about th that's back to being a movie again, possibly. Um, yeah. Is that I think Kurtzman and, and Orsi's um, yeah uh, yep. studio or, or, or label, whatever. Um, and then Chew, I think they've been talking about doing an animated version of that. Um, they they were originally it was it was there was a live action thing, and I think now it's it's possible that's going to be an animated thing. But you know, the success of Hannibal, people are getting used to the success of It's relative. Um, it's just tough. <laughs> it's tough to get anything made in, in Hollywood in general, especially right now where they're not making anything because budgets are so tight, revenue streams are dried up. Um, also, it's tough to break through. So that's, the more expensive your show is, the harder it is. Just, just sort of as a, you know, it's. Um, but you're going to get Flash. They're yeah. going to do a Flash show. Um, I mean, just because it's a great story in comics also doesn't mean that it's going to translate to television. Amen. That's right. Um, I mean, but then, you know, and then on the, you know, other side of the coin, um, great story could be a great story anywhere. Yeah. Um, you don't know some stories. It's it doesn't matter the medium. Um, you could you could successfully adapt it into into two different medium, but uh, or two different media. But uh, I'm happy kind of with what we've got I mean, right now. Look I at mean, the bright side. There's going to be yeah. four shows. You're going to have The Walking Dead, Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is really kind of more of a movie spinoff than it. I mean, yeah. it, technically, it is it's superhero characters, but it's really about the movies um, and the Flash when the Flash happens, which seems like it's definitely going to. So that's four shows on you know TV. So that's a lot. So yeah. I mean, that's that's something to be ha happy about. And I don't, I don't necessarily think of it as like validation. I no. think that's I think it's dangerous to talk about it in, in those terms because it's just I I would like for. If it's a great story in comics and it could also be a great story on TV or in the movies, um, that's great. Um, but I don't have to have everything like translated into a movie, a TV show, a video game, and a comic. Like it can be great in one. You just want it to be a play. But then I, but the, <laughs> but then <laughs> I also, I, but then it's, it's it's also kind of cool that you know that more people could maybe find out about. Let's let's talk about this bonus question. Part of this email. Uh, what? what comic book movie? What comic book do you want to see made into a TV series? I'm still pulling for an HBO version of Gotham Central. Keep pulling I, for it. Keep yeah. pulling. For, well, I, that was in the rumor gonna, mill recently that they were looking happen, at it. Know. I don't know about HBO, but um, they might do that somewhere. And if Shield does well, make it FX. They could because yeah. that's a very. It, it's. I mean, it's that would be the same thing. kind of setup for a TV show. Um, so I could see Warner being like, hey. But you, you, I can imagine. Uh, but that's the kind of thing that's happy. more likely to get made because it's cheaper. Yeah, that's just so a, that's, that's just, just straight up drama, and every so often that's something that would simple the sky. That's that I mean, does that's seem like a, a no brainer kind of thing. Which just makes you wonder why Powers isn't going forward in the present form. Maybe it's because there's too many super. I don't. I have no idea. But the, the point is, these are things are expensive to make. You don't. So you don't know that it's the concept that is why Powers isn't going forward. It could be that the All script is bad. The performances don't work. 
Well, answer the question, though. What comic book series uh, did you want to see? Geez, what are you, a prosecutor? I'm just wanting to get this thing done <laughs> the right way. I've got a day to do. <laughs> um, what comic book would like to see made into a TV series? Stumptown would work as a TV show. Yes. That's good. I was actually thinking of uh, translating some of the, the Fatal or uh, Criminal series. I would love uh, Criminal, uh, that type of uh, crime book to be done. Actually, just fuck it. Legend of Luther Strode. That's my... That's <laughs> my Make that one. I pick Infinity. Oh God! As <laughs> a TV show, yes. yeah, on uh, on Netflix. Power. On Netflix, yes. Um, to be you like claymation, awesome, you know. Actually, Hawkeye would be great. I really, I really wanted to see Wonder Woman happen. I really did, but I think she was a good character for TV. But obviously, it didn't work. So let's move on. Let's do another quick one. Stefan okay. Z writes and says. Quick and simple question. How do you sort your comics? By year, by publisher? Do you have a special box of your favorite comics? Do you sort them at all? Does your mother sort them for you? I don't know. <laughs> um, this is a question we've answered a lot, but I figured since Mike is on, yeah. and I know, I think since the last time we answered this, things might have changed since the digital's really come into. Yeah, it's really interesting. Strength. So how do, you, how do you sort your comics? I have two uh, short boxes for my absolute never going to get rid of amazingness. What kind of stuff's um, in there? It's stuff like uh, Paul Pope's 100%, um, just lots of little mini runs, uh, 12 episodes. Yeah, I don't know. And these are all single issues. These aren't, you don't have like. These are all single issues. Uh, The original, the Darwin Cook's, um, yeah, what was it? What was the the one that, the Golden Age one? New Frontier. Yeah, New Frontier. All those kinds of things, those those books that really uh, just were amazing. Like I've kept those and I'll never get rid of them. Um, I've, you know, for better or for worse, I've gone to digital and trades, and uh, um, so that has made sorting a lot easier. Um, I, when I did sort my comics, which I would do once every couple of years, and regretted every time I started it because it meant <laughs> I, I literally my old apartment Whitney was gone for like a long weekend, and my entire every every horizontal surface had a comic book stack on it, and uh, I said I will never do that again. I was doing it alphabetically. Um, by name, but the the the, uh, the idea was always I would have these two short boxes and try to limit it to those short boxes of really wonderful stuff to keep, stuff to keep, and then everything else is alphabetical. But um, it, you know what? I got to tell you, I'm I'm getting older, and I don't want to throw my back out. So th- this is what I, I'm doing digital. What if you did? Did you get rid of stuff? Or how would? Yeah, you- I gave away like a couple long boxes to the boys' club, and. Uh, and I, I actually just I called them up and I just dropped them off in front of their door like an orphan, like a little, <laughs> like a little baby. Swaddling clothes, yeah. Yeah. So, and they were totally funny about it. They were like, I was like, could I just drop off some comics? And she's like, yeah, you know, if they're not dirty comics. I'm like, God, what, who are you? <laughs> dirty comics. But, but I guess, you know. Mike quietly put away his heavy metal comics. Heavy metal yeah, yeah, all my old heavy metal books. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you know, I have been getting rid of books, which it's very painful, but I've got two or three long boxes in my downstairs closet, and I'm actually thinking of getting rid of those without looking inside of them, because clearly I haven't been interested in it, right. but I know I'll go through it. But I have a lot of stuff, like, I have all of these amazing Spider-Mans, I have all these old Marvel stuff that, like, I really cared about at one point, and now I'm like, God, do I, I don't know, it, you guys, you guys have answered this question a lot. I don't know. What do you guys do, you, Connor? You've been slowly getting rid of stuff. Well, it's it's I, there's two answers to this question for me. One is for new stuff, and that is I don't keep anything. I give either give it away. I've been giving stuff away to a, a veterans group that then turns around and sells them for money for to fund you know their programs. Oh yeah. Um, but I also have been giving stuff to my girlfriend's school, and I also have been you know just sort of you know just dumping stuff where I can the new of the new comics, and then because I read a lot of them digitally, and then I just you know, if I like it, I'll get the trade. But I don't keep single issues. Like when you're anymore. at the airport or the bus depot, is a like yeah. a suspicious comic has been left. In the it's kind of like the, the, the latest issue of, of Breaking Bad, the latest episode of Breaking Bad, where uh, they. I was just throwing comics through. At the I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put in a note for that in in the show notes, just in case anybody's yeah, not caught up on take Breaking my Bad. Headphones off. <laughs> so you didn't use any proper Spoiler. nouns. So that's okay, but you yeah. should be. Um. So, uh, but but the old stuff. Um. I have you know like. 35 or 40 long boxes and uh and you know my they're going they're going on ebay they're going somewhere they're going they're going, I'm getting rid of that stuff that stuff i'm not keeping stuff anymore we were talking about storage units before the show which is strange but uh that stuff's going somewhere i'm gonna keep maybe three or four boxes of stuff i really like like probably a lot of the old batman stuff but 
The other stuff, I'm I'm just I'm dumping on the market. I have I have it's like if you don't if you don't need them, give them away because it's like you. Somebody else should be kids. reading them. Yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody else them. I'm not. I gave a kid. Them. I gave a. I had the entire Civil War, all of them, boxed up with the little newspaper that showed the list. And there was this kid who was helping his uncle paint the house next door, and I just gave him that whole box. And it's, you know what? The instead of saying thank you, he's like, "How much do you think this is worth?" Ah. I'm like, read the fucking comic, kid. You're gonna be inspired. It's never gonna go away, is it? Like, that's no. the first thing that people ask: is what is this God. worth? Um, I, my my comics are in like complete and total disarray. Um, I don't I don't buy a lot of comics at the shop anymore. We talked about this, I think, last time. Uh, that because of this gig, we get sent some stuff, and I read a lot of stuff uh, digitally. Otherwise. Um, so I made a very rare trip to the, uh, to the comic shop to get, um, optic nerve and I hadn't been there in months and I just like breezed on in and grabbed that <laughs> and, uh, and I bought some other stuff just because that's what I have to do for Jupiter's legacy. It's like, I was never here. <laughs> yeah. And so those is very rare, but otherwise I'm pretty much in, in Connor's boat. I'm going to try to, to unload some of this stuff and I'm looking for places that, would appreciate it i'm also gonna have be having some yard sales coming up so i might see if anybody is into them then but i'm telling the boys and girls clubs is a great place to go they they'll take them cool and goodwill good goodwill will take them as well we sort them by handing them off to somebody else who will then sort them out <laughs> yeah i'll just try to pull out the uh the recent joe casey stuff to, you know what is this um, sex comic uh-oh yeah. uh-oh so you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or call the voicemail line at 888fanboys which is 326-2697 any questions or comments or concerns for the show? We're not going to air the concerns, obviously. But if you no, have... no, They're n- we never get them. I, we didn't. We wouldn't know what to do with them. So, uh, Paul, talk about your show. You haven't talked about it in a while. You've got it's, it's back up and running. Yeah, we just uh, speaking I mean, of Breaking Bad. Recently, yeah, we yeah we're doing Breaking Bad. Um, so like every Monday, basically, um, with uh, uh Rebecca Shinsky from Book Riot and Food Riot and the Book Rages podcast, which you should uh, check out all of those websites and and. Uh, associated podcasts. Um, we're just talking about the new episodes of, of Breaking Bad uh, because we absolutely love it. And so we're going to do like sort of a discussion of each new episode, but then also, you know, uh, if, you know, some prevalent theme comes up, we'll talk about that in view in, you know, in terms of the whole series uh, to date. Um, What's the name of your show? Fuzzy Typewriter. Did I not mention that? No. <laughs> okay. People, Fuzzy Typewriter. find it? Uh, they can go to iTunes and search for Fuzzy Typewriter, or you can uh, just type in fuzzytypewriter.com and it'll find the uh, the website. For all your Breaking Bad needs. For all your Breaking Bad needs. Although I do uh, recommend the Breaking Bad Insider podcast with Vince, with, with Vince Gilligan. Well, he's a good get. Yeah. Uh, episode 400 is next week. This is 399. So next week we're going to be doing an all-email show. We're going to talk about the pick of the week and then, then do the rest of it all-email. Um which is a great week for us because we don't have to read everything in time for the show. We can 400 episodes. 400 weekly episodes, which is daunting when you think about it. That's like, um, you do the math. That's like eight plus years. Yeah. I really can't believe I've been on 400 of these things. It's, 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 it doesn't feel have, like it. You have a, little bit, a couple more days to send in emails for the show. You can send them to contact.ifanboy.com, put 400 in the subject line, and uh, we'll be posting the cutoff date. It's probably going to be Thursday. We're not sure when we're going to record it. Also, we're probably going to do it live streaming. We just haven't locked down the time because Josh is away and we haven't been able to schedule it. So sometime uh, Friday or Saturday, we will be recording it live on Google Chat and on on YouTube like we've done before or on that website. We always embed the player so you can go watch it there. But also, you know, if you've got an email waiting for the show, you've got a couple days to get it in depending on when you're listening to this. This could be 2017 and you missed the deadline by many years. Yeah, don't email us. Um, So... Check it out and come watch the show if you can. It'll be fun and, and it'll be Paul's first live streaming marathon. Oh, show. I gotta so that's shave. Exciting. Are you gonna yeah, I gotta shave until oh, we'll make up? Don't have to shave. I haven't shaved in three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I might push it through the show. I might go, you know, have a super lumberjack beard for the show, which would will be fun. So uh I'm gonna close this up, guys. Uh ch- so you know, check out ifanboy.com for the pick of the week review and more in the comic book tales and articles and reviews and all the important stuff that's there it's all very important guys and then if you want to learn more about these voices go to ifanboy.com slash about to see the staff and get all our social network li- list links and then follow ifanboy on twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy and you can go on the book of faces facebook.com slash ifanboy as well and as I just said moments ago, email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Leave a voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. That was less weird when we used to 
you know, have things between the two things. Yeah. Now that we don't, it's like, I just yeah. said it. <laughs> just second. So if you don't know the email address, you've heard it twice in the space of a minute and a half. Uh, and if you dig us, uh, you can write us a review in iTunes, uh, or better yet, tell your friends about us, introduce your mom to podcasts, spread the iFanboy word. Which is what? Balls. <laughs> That's what, I, that, That's what it You know says. what? That is the iFanboy word. iFanboy <laughs> <laughs> word is balls. So that's it for this week's show mikey th- thanks for coming that's a pleasure uh, guys filling in for josh while he's in the burn ward undoubtedly <laughs> for his yeah. sunburns covered with a uh, gel he'll be back next week it's the, right. the ray-ban the vampires commercial <laughs> just burst into flames he'll be in one of those iron lungs they'll just sort of squirt lots of <laughs> aloe into it he'll like uh yeah like bullseye yeah. in daredevil <laughs> exactly so that'll be a fun show <laughs> so until next week we'll be seeing you live i'm connor i'm paul and i'm mike hi, hi. 